Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood, gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024, you heard me. Woo woo! Wah! Gangsters! The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be man nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack man nobody. Nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up, you heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be, because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. I don't know. Do you think I could do it? Woo, woo, wah. I think that's pretty good. That's one of my favorite opens. That was the beginning of the turning of the tide. That gentleman going out on TikTok or whatever the hell it was, Twitter, holding his phone, people getting out of their cars, pulling over, taking their phones, turning them around, hitting record, and saying, we know what's going on. You cannot fool us anymore. It's Trump 2024 because we are not going to have anything else. Look, the purpose of this of this program isn't to be Donald Trump's number one cheerleader. I liked his policies. That's where it stops for me. I like his policies. I liked our economy. I liked our security. I liked that we weren't in war. I liked that he stood up to the United Nations and told everybody to pound sand and suck it and open up their own wallets. Get off the dime. Pay your fair share, right? I liked that. I miss that. I want that back. And I think we will have it back. So now the strategy is total madness. What are we going to do? The polls show Donald Trump is going to destroy anybody we put out there. How are we? We thought it was going to be crazy to give Joe Biden 81 million votes. I mean, who the hell? There cannot be 81 million morons in the world who are like, I really, I really like that guy who's done nothing significant, who's plagiarized and lied, lied his whole way through his career, who's never actually had a real job, right? Who uses uh, tragedy porn to elevate himself. That's his whole political identity. That is totally the direction I see for America. Really? So the chasm between these two guys is now even greater. They know they can't do it. They know that we're awake to it. How many different cities blew the whistle? And just because these cases weren't adjudicated doesn't mean the evidence doesn't exist. Doesn't mean people don't know that they were disenfranchised. Doesn't mean America's not awake. That guy, it's Trump 20, well, you know, in the hood, 
when the hood's got your back. Gangsters saying Trump 2024. So what do you need? Well, you need you need a reason to freak people out. Everything's based on that. And I will tell you, and I will share an example with this if you're new to the show. It was 18 years ago when I was home alone and my house was broken into. And I thought I was going to be a cool cucumber in the event of an emergency. I thought I had it down pat. I was, I was measured. I was reasonable. I was rational. Anything could th- come my way. I'd be great. Ah, uh, not a chance. I'm a lunatic <laughs> in an emergency so much that I called 411. Okay, right? Enough said. When you're afraid, you do irrational things. You allow the government to steal your freedom. And you allow them to extend that emergency and extend it again and again and again and again. And then you allow them to manipulate your grandparents or parents in a nursing home and your children at school. All the while tanking the economy and telling you it's for the greater good that you go out and do something that you know fundamentally just doesn't feel right. They need that back because they have to be able to cheat by mail. It's the only way. If you can't get the millions of migrants who've come across the border and instantly bequeath upon them citizenship so that they can vote, clock is, clock is ticking, friends. So I was particularly interested last week when a friend of mine, as I told you, worked in the emergency department, told me, hey, uh, guess what? The hospital system is bringing back the masks. What do we know about these masks, ladies and gentlemen? They don't work. They don't freaking work. I'm no molecular biologist, but I've read enough to be dangerous. And last time I checked, the molecule size of what we went through in COVID is much smaller than the holes of the fibers in these stupid masks we wear that are made by our friends in China. Perfect. China. And yet UPMC here in Pennsylvania, biggest employer in the state, is now requiring starting today masks at all facilities. Let's see why. What's going on? Hmm. In response to increasing levels of respiratory virus infections. Oh, no. At least one area hospital system again requiring masks UPMC, at least one hospital. How about the biggest hospital system in the freaking state? UPMC is seeing an increase in cases of respiratory viruses, including COVID, (gasps) influenza, oh no, and RSV. Hurry, hurry. Did you know there's a shot that you can get? You can get it. You should get it. Okay, so that's the backdrop. But it's when we heard this voice, and you're going to recognize this voice because it's a very pedantic style of speaking. And I just want to kind of throat punch her when I hear her voice. Dr. Leanna Wen. Lena, I think her name is. Whatever. I'm going to keep calling her Leanna because it's wrong. And I'm sure it would tick her off. She came out this week and she had something to say. By golly, be afraid. She's greasing the skids for Act 2. Listen. When hospital beds for kids are nearly full in some parts of the country, how do you think health systems are going to cope if that trend continues? 
Yeah, I remember last year at this time, we were seeing something similar, except it was actually worse already. At the end of November, the heads of children's hospitals were calling on the Biden administration to declare a state of emergency because of how terrible that situation was. And then back during the peak of Omicron, beds were also full. And so we're seeing something not unlike what we saw in previous years. And again, the numbers are not as bad yet as in, as in those previous two seasons. And I know that hospitals are all getting their preparedness plans ready to try to increase capacity. But I would say that also puts the onus on us as well um, as individuals because so many people who have not yet gotten vaccinated, for example, um, are able to do so. The vaccination rates for the flu lag well behind what they were last year. And when you look at the updated COVID shot, only about a third of people 65 and older have gotten that vaccine. That includes nursing home residents. Only about a third have gotten the updated COVID shot. So there's a lot that we as individuals can be doing to try to prevent hospitals from getting overwhelmed as well. Mm. Important to protect yourself, especially when so many people yeah. are sick. Yeah, yeah, so many people are sick. That's right. Mm. Yeah, see? You need to get that shot, see? Because that's going to solve the day. Give us a break. People who got vaccinated ended up getting sicker. We know it. Let's not even talk about the people who've died, the people who've had horrendous side effects. That notwithstanding... Hmm. There's a virus. It's upticking, and we're concerned. It's happening. So that is the precursor to what is going to be probably about the time that Jeffrey Epstein's associates are going to be released, right? So right around the beginning of the new year. Happy New Year! Oh no! A new virus! So it reminded us, and we went back into the Wayback Machine. Little flashback of Dr. Leanna Wen. She was losing her ever-loving mind as Chris Cuomo was sitting there. He's like, oh my God, people aren't paying attention anymore. They're having backyard barbecues. What's happening? And she says the quiet part out loud. That we need something new to dangle on the stick as the carrot. To force people to obey. My main concern is that we're not going to reach herd immunity because of vaccine hesitancy. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe who desperately want the vaccine right now. And they're thinking, (laughs) oh, well, it's just a small percentage of people who are actually anti-vaxxers. And that's true. There is the anti-science, anti-vaxxer contingent. But I think (sighs) that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back Back to pre-pandemic life. The ticket. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How oh. are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's hmm. why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here Boom. are freedoms that you have freedom because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway oh and no I fear a situation of coming into the fall where we never reach herd immunity and then we get hit <laughs> by the next surge of of, of COVID 19 in the fall something that we could have prevented if we just got people vaccinated now i think chris cuomo even wants to punch her in the throat <laughs> so your freedom is is predicated on compliance well that's not called freedom doc You hack? All right, do not go anywhere, please. The most fantastic sound of the day. The best sound you will hear anywhere. 
is up right after this. It is worth every second. You're listening to the Wendy Bell Radio Network. If there is a a reason to share today's program with someone else in your life, it starts now. I'd love it to be because of me and my fabulosity, but let's be honest. Victor Davis Hanson. If you are not familiar with this man, you might want to read up a little bit on him. Very interesting. We stumbled upon, Brock actually stumbled upon this, and he sent it to me. And it's a first half of a 10-minute montage of his thoughts about what's going on in America. And it is the smartest, most succinct, uh, well-delivered synopsis of suck. And you deserve this. This is the video, the audio of the day. Please share it with somebody in your heart, in your life, who needs this. Go. They look at Trump as a vampire and they put a stake in his heart, but they're afraid that that stake could come out any time, that he's undying and they're afraid of him. They are <laughs> terrified of him. You know why they're terrified of him? Because they think he's smarter this time and he has just caused a really get angry because of what they did to him. They can write all of the Atlantic Monthly and they can write all of the New Yorker clever glib little essays about Donald Trump was a threat to democracy or they can write all their little Molly Ball time essays, how clever and brilliant they were with their cabals and their conspiracies to get rid of them. But deep down inside, they know that if the right ever did that to Barack Obama or Joe Biden, They could have really made something out of the fact that Barack Obama had a hot mic expose where he told the president of Russia, you tell Vladimir that I will be flexible on missile defense. That's the security of the United States of America. If he gives me space in my last election and Putin did do that, that's an impeachable offense if a phone call to Ukraine is. So they didn't understand that, that the right could have done that to them. And they understand now the right probably will do that to them for their own survival. And they are scared. They're saying if if a mega candidate wins and they win the House and the Senate, we're cooked because they're going to get special prosecutors and they're going to go after the Biden family like they've never gone after anybody. And they're going to find stuff because we know Joe is crooked. And then they're going to go after Mary Garland and they're going to go after Mayorkas and they're not going to stop. And that's why they're scared. And they're going to do any, everybody thinks that the danger passed. They got what they wanted. No, 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 no. You're never going to see anything like what they're going to do in 2024. All this could have been reconciled. All they had to do was say Donald Trump should not be president if that's what they believe. And we're not going to do any lawfare. We're not going to try to change the voting laws. We're not going to pack the court. We're not going to let in two states. We're not going to try to abolish the Senate filibuster. We're not going to try to change the uh, voting ID laws. We're just going to play under the rules that we have. We don't need $419 million by Mark Zuckerberg infused. We don't need Sam Bankman fried the crook giving us $100 million. We're not going to go under the radar with George. So we're just going to show you, the American people, how we think Donald Trump should not be president and we'll have a feral and they can't do that they don't trust themselves they think you know what anybody in his right mind would close that border right now close the border anybody in his right mind would recall all of those da's that have destroyed these major cities anybody in his right mind would not beg the saudis or the venezuelans 
are the Russians, are the Iranians to pump oil on the eve of a midterm or drain this strategic petroleum when you have so much natural gas and oil. And you know, nobody in their right mind would do that. And nobody in their right mind would ever just pull out of Afghanistan without warning, just so Joe Biden can say that on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 or the original October uh, invasion of Afghanistan, I'm the president that got us out. Nobody would do that. And nobody would print $6 trillion when there's a pent up demand post COVID lockdown and there's a supply chain disruption and throw that money without any audit or examination of who got it and why and how it was spent, but to inflate the economy and ruin it. Nobody would do that. And so they know that. And they know that they can't take that record to the American people. They have a deductive mind because they're ideologue. So they start with a premise that we're for social justice and for equity of result. And so we're morally superior and smarter than anybody else. And therefore we are entitled to do things that other people don't do. And so if under the cover of COVID and frightening people about COVID, we can change all the voting laws so that 30% instead of voting absentee and early voting shall become 70% in most states with very little audit of the level necessary to authenticate most ballots. They just do all this stuff because they start with the deductive principle. We are better. This is the vision. And therefore, the following must happen. And if things don't fit the narrative, then they go after the person. They censor it. They, they, that's how they work. And if you keep that in mind, then everybody makes sense. Wow. Victor Davis Hansen, the first half of his comments about the insanity that is purposeful, it is pathological, one could argue is complete psychological, like psychosis. It's truly extraordinary. And you deserve to hear that. All right, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, our final segment, you guys, this day, the plagiarism scandal around Claudine Gay. Well, it's gotten worse, but it's really a symptom of a much bigger disease. The lack of original thought. I'll explain, and you already know what I'm saying, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back, my friends. You know, I am following this Claudine Gay story. I think there's so many different nuances and tentacles involved in this storyline. And the basic premise is... That it's not enough to check boxes in our society. You ought to be judged based on who you are, how you act, what you do, and how you handle yourself. In more instances against Harvard's president, more instances of plagiarism have come out. You know, it's like excusing it's it's like excusing Joe Biden for being a dirtbag. You can't excuse Claudine Gay from plagiarism and expect the people at that university to behave any other way. If we excuse Joe Biden's bribery scandal, If it all comes out, and it will, that the dude has accepted money, millions and millions of dollars, it's the only way a senator, my friends, in honest honest circles, could possibly afford to 
sizable homes. You don't get that making $200,000 as a senator. Not when you have a family. Joe Biden did. So you can't excuse what he's accused of doing. You can't wish it away because then everybody else. Well, if the president of the United States can be a scumbag, I can be a scumbag. It's a very remedial thought process here, and it's significant. Claudine Gay does not have original thought. Claudine Gay ascended to a position because she is a black woman, not because she contributed to the field of literary research or original opinion. She didn't move the needle in anything extraordinary in her educational career. In fact, it's come out that among the nine thing that she, things that she's published, something like five of them were co-authored by four other people. This is not an innovator. This is not a leader. This is not a powerful thought leader. She's a plagiarist, but so is our president. Additional allegations of plagiarism emerge against Harvard President Claudine Gay. So I'm going to get into some of this stuff, but that's not the main takeaway. Why is it that there are no new thoughts anymore? Why is it that there's no new storyline? Why is it that there's not a new movie theme? Why do we have to have six iterations of the same thing? Why do you have to reintroduce television programs? People got lazy. People got complacent. People stopped innovating. We stopped dreaming. We stopped thinking outside the box. We stopped being in our car and looking out the window and seeing something and coming up with an idea and being like, I wonder if I could make that happen. And so to cover it up, we steal from other people, or some people do at least, Claudine Gay, apparently. So here's your story on Breitbart. Additional allegations of plagiarism have emerged against Harvard President Claudine Gay on top of those previously made. Not only has she been ripping off other people, willy-nilly Harvard freaking knew about it. And they didn't care because her boxes were more important than the integrity of the process, than the integrity of the institution, than the idea that going to Harvard was something special. It's not special. It sounds like it sucks. It sounds like it's an expensive sock. And it's led by someone who has no integrity. The complaint submitted to Harvard's Research Integrity Office by a professor from another university who wished to remain anonymous outlines at least 40 Allegations of plagiarism against Claudine Gay, including some of the charges that various publications have covered over the past few weeks. Forty. What number is too many? Is it one? Is it five? Is it a hundred? Is it infinity if you're black and a woman? And your last name coincidentally and luckily happens to be gay because you could almost get away with three boxes. The new allegations range from missing quotation marks around a few phrases or sentences to entire paragraphs. Lifted verbatim, according to the Washington Free Beacon. Other allegations include gay paraphrasing authors without proper attribution. That is that. We are not surprised. I stumbled upon this article, and I think it is truly special. It is from the 
Got to get my glasses on. The New York Sun. Plagiarism scandal at Harvard emerges as a symptom of a bigger problem. The lack of original thinking. Yes. Claudine's, Claudine Gay's absence of footnotes echoes a university bereft of new and creative thinking. Bingo! Why is it the same tired old playbook? They're repeating the exact same things in war that they did in World War I and World War II. The same strategies that we've used in Afghanistan. All these things that we're doing, it's all been recycled, repurposed. That's why I call it High School Musical. It's bad. It's a bad iteration of what sucked before. This guy, Ira Stoll, wrote this. I think it's great. Came out last night. Members of Harvard's governing board trying to figure out what to do about the university's president must feel a bit like the Union soldier David Thompson writing home from Antietam. Quote, between the physical fear of moving forward and the moral fear of turning back, there is a predicament of exceptional awkwardness from which a hidden hole in the ground would be a wonderfully welcome outlet. I don't want to go back, but I'm paralyzed to go forward. I wish I could just escape. Well, you know what? Doing the right thing often hurts. But it's the right thing to do. The four-paragraph statement that the Harvard Corporation issued stopped short of ousting President Gay. Then again, it too was a hardly a ringing endorsement. The board's first paragraph disclosed that it had required extensive deliberations to reach confidence in Ms. Gay. Second paragraph faulted the university's response to the Hamas terrorist attack and noted Ms. Gay's apology for her congressional testimony. Third paragraph found instances of inadequate citation. That's code for plagiarism in Ms. Gay's scholarly writings. Fourth paragraph expressed a strong belief that calls for violence against our students and disruptions of the classroom experience will not be tolerated. A belief that is contradicted by events on the Cambridge, Massachusetts campus this fall, including events after Ms. Gay appeared before the House. That takes some brass. Given how close the decision was by the Harvard Corporation, had the senior fellow of the 11-member board, Penny Pritzker, gone the other way, some of those close to the corporation reckon Ms. Pritzker would have had the backing to oust Ms. Gay. The story may not be over yet. Absent rapid and dramatic improvements on the campus, Ms. Gay will be gone faster than one can say Elizabeth McGill. Maybe it'll happen over the summer when faculty and students are mostly away. Maybe it'll happen after a decent enough interval that the university can maintain the appearance that the president isn't being hounded from office by determined watchdogs like Bill Ackman, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, Lauren Summers and academic integrity researchers Chris Rufo, Aaron Sibarium and Phil Magnus. I've been warning about anti-Semitism at Harvard since well before Ms. Gay acceded to its presidency, the author writes. The problems are deep and go beyond any single individual. Under Harvard's decentralized structure, a president's powers are limited. Yet Ms. Gay has shown nothing so far in terms of a body of work or behaviors that demonstrate she has it in her to restore Harvard's excellence. The issues, it is increasingly recognized, go well beyond anti-Semitism. They extend to a lack of viewpoint diversity, a lack of free speech. The dearth of independent thought on campus, plus a general decline in standards, which has led to mediocrity. 
instead of excellence. All of this combined with a fierce defensiveness and a resistance to outside accountability or even to internal accountability from constituents other than the far left professors. Anyone who calls out the problems is accused of interfering with academic freedom. Ms. Gay has risen as far as she has at Harvard in part by trying to keep everybody happy. In her inauguration speech, she spoke of open inquiry and freedom of expression as foundational values of our academic community and the inclusion of diverse viewpoints. But she announced her new administration with an article in the university's official organ, the Harvard Gazette, Claudine Gay, has big plans. Those big plans are about, as she said, centering the most pressing challenges that the world faces as university priorities. For me, those include democracy and all the ways in which democracy is faltering around the globe, the climate crisis, and inequality. And in that sense, the plagiarism scandal around Claudine Gay isn't a sideshow. It is a symptomatic of the bigger problem, which is a lack of original thinking. Claudine Gay, in her inaugural address four months later, spoke of the challenge of protecting a planet and its people from the devastation of climate change. Her speech was titled, with no sense of irony, Courage to be Harvard. How much courage Harvard wonders does it take to prioritize and talk about precisely the same problem that all the other new elite college presidents, presidents were also talking about? Group think. Group think. Join the herd. Don't stand outside of it. Because if you do, we will hunt you down the way we hunted down the Jews and force them to hide in the dining halls. That will be the downfall of Ms. Gay. That will be the downfall of Harvard. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? They're coming for your freedom of religion. What do you mean? What do you mean they want your religion? Did you hear what they're trying to do with Chick-fil-A? Don't you mess with my chicken. Don't you mess with it, but they want to. Oh, boy. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I had a great opportunity to be sitting in the kitchen last night. Actually, my son, Ryan, who's the high school senior, he's waiting on pins and needles, got deferred from his favorite number one school, is um, you know, really worried about getting in, but I think he realizes like, he can't control it, so you can do what you can do. He found out he got into one yesterday, in one of the schools yesterday, and he found out that he got a really nice scholarship. And it was so great to sit there and to watch that, that validation. But I got to say, all of these stories that we're talking about with higher education, <laughs> I mean, I recognized this in the late 1980s when I was in college and into the 90s when I went to graduate school. The system's been broken for a long time, you guys. It's the same kind of bureaucracy as your federal government. There is the same sort of bullying and you have to walk this particular line in order to uh, achieve and, and ascend in that ladder of tenure, et cetera, et cetera. But meantime, we're not producing smarter people. We're not promoting and, and, and encouraging extraordinary thought. And these people in these positions are representatives of that. Claudine Gay isn't there because she's extraordinary. She's there because she's black and she's female. Facts. And she knows it. 
And that's got to be really complicated. I draw the line, ladies and gentlemen, when you want to fiddle with Chick-fil-A. Don't you mess with my chicken. New York lawmakers introducing a bill now that would force Chick-fil-A to stay open on Sundays. Come on! I will tell you, it is an uncanny thing that I always want Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. And it makes me angry. Go ahead. I can almost say that I'm (laughs) kind of for this bill. (laughs) No, you're not, because you know what it means. I know what it means to try to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich on Sunday when you drive by and you're like, oh, "Oh, they're close. It's the worst. Chick-fil-A, but you love them for it, right? And see, I think that's the message. Chick-fil-A stands for its Christian values. They believe in, in, in taking that day so that families can be together, so that families can go worship and not have to go to work. It's your day. You shouldn't be here. You, you can disagree with that all you want, but you, you have to admire someone who stands for something and refuses to cave. It's the cake maker who didn't want to bake a cake for a gay couple. I should have the right to be able to determine what I want to do and what I don't want to do. But no, it's being thrown down our throats. As parents... It's fun to watch our children, should they ever deviate out of that comfort zone of where everything expected is dictated. They know what the consequences are for deviating. That's crazy. It's their own seedy little underworld of bullying and influence and nonsense. I support Chick-fil-A. New York state lawmakers have introduced a measure that would require restaurants operating at state throughway service plazas to remain open seven days a week. Don't you think you have other things to be worrying about? I can think about a thousand different things you should be worrying about. I drive by the same decomposing deer that has been there since it got hit in October on the, ter- on the highway here. I mean, you guys can take care of that rather than fiddling with, you know, Chick-fil-A priorities. Christians, of course, Chick-fil-A, founded by Christians, has traditionally closed Sunday's observance sorry, of the Sabbath. However, the new bill would put an end to that. The proposal would amend an already existing law and require restaurants to provide services every day of the week. How is this any different than New York State changing the rules so that victims of alleged sexual crimes, the statute of limitations in order to file their claims to go to court to sue somebody for their alleged crimes was extended to 35 years so that E. Jean Carroll, who happened to live in New York and who was allegedly assaulted, raped in a dressing room at the mall by Donald Trump, please, happened 35 years prior. Oh, we're just going to change the law. It's kind of weird. (laughs) And it's not connected. It just makes sense, you know, right? It's just a sandwich. It doesn't matter. It's a sandwich. They changed the rules the way my sister used to change the rules when we'd play games growing up in Southern California. It's Calvin Ball. No two games are the same. Got to change the rules. Move the goalposts. Change the influence. But always suck. The public authorities law is amended by adding a new section 390. Oh, I'm sure it's 
I'm sure it's dazzling. Let's hear what this says. Contracts for food service. Any contracts entered into for the operation of food service or food concessions, blah, 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 shall require that such services be provided every day of the week. Really? Why? Why? It's not because they hate Chick-fil-A. They hate God. They hate anything that you believe in. They hate any guiding principle. They hate your belief that there is something greater than this. That gives you hope and inspiration and guidance and solace in your darkest hours when you're on your knees and you don't think you can get up. And they hate that because they don't have that. And so the world is a very dark and lonely and empty place. And if you're having fun and you're being successful and you're happy and you're enjoying the precious gift of life, they hate you. They squeezed God, God out of schools. They squeezed it out of the military. They want it out of everything, even stupid turnpike plazas. Leave our sandwiches alone. You guys have some other things to fiddle with. Look in the mirror first. Appreciate so many of you being here. My goodness, such a delight. Wendy Bell Radio Network app, Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Follow us. Join the family. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.